the time from LOI to signing the contract might take a while, or the negotiations might fall through and the deal never comes to fruition. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndications. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air a podcast episode that focuses on a specific aspect of the apartment 
syndication investment strategy. And for a lot of these episodes, we give away free resources. We give away a lot of these documents in the past. So make sure you go to syndicationschool.com. Check out some of those episodes and get those free documents. Today, we're going to be talking about how to win more bidding wars. So these are tactics that you can implement when creating offers to get awarded more deals. These are particularly good and beneficial in competitive markets or if maybe you don't have a lot of experience and you want to create a better offer to attract the seller to your offer as opposed to someone else who has more experience. Now, obviously, one way to create a better offer is to offer more money, which is obvious. So that's not going to be one of these five. So these are five ways to win more bidding wars in addition to simply paying more money, which might not always work. So the first is going to be offering a hard or non-refundable earnest deposit. So the earnest money is what you give to the seller as a good faith deposit up front, which is usually equal to about 1% of the purchase price. This is essentially showing the seller that you're serious and capable of buying the property. Usually, by default, the earnest money is going to be refundable. That is, the buyer will receive the full deposit back if the contract ends up being canceled. Sometimes there might be a fee But overall, you put down the money within the first few days of the contract, and if you cancel it 30 days down the line, 45 days out, then you get that money back. So one way to create a more attractive offer is to submit a non-refundable earnest deposit. And this is more attractive to the seller because of the negative consequences of a buyer selling a contract. So for example, once a seller places their deal in a contract, they're no longer marketing the deal, they're no longer taking other offers, they're no longer doing tours. And so if you end up closing, everything's great, but if you don't and you back out, then at the very least, the seller is annoyed because you wasted their time, but there's also other potential negative outcomes. Maybe the economy changes and on the second round of offers, they get a lower offer price. Maybe the reason why they were selling is because they identified a new opportunity that they now cannot purchase because they don't have the capital that's locked up in the property. Maybe they go back to other people who had submitted offers, maybe the second best offer, third best offer, and they're no longer interested. So it's very advantageous for the seller to close the first person they award the deal to. So to prove that you're capable of closing, you can go non-refundable. Now there's a few different ways to go non-refundable. The first is going to be the timing. The money goes hard. So The most attractive timing to the seller would be if the earnest money went hard day one. So immediately, the second you give them the money, it's non-refundable. They keep it no matter what. Another option would be for the money to go hard after a certain clause is triggered, like at the end of a certain number of days or at the end of the due diligence period, for example. Or it could be a hybrid of both where the earnest money goes hard day one. So a portion of the earnest money goes hard day one. And then the remainder goes hard after a certain number of days or after a certain trigger clause is triggered. So for example, you can put down a 1% down payment on a deal and then half of that money goes hard day one or maybe 
75% of that money goes hard day one, and then the remaining half goes hard after 30 days. Another iteration of the earnest money going hard would be the amount of the earnest deposit. So you can be non-refundable, but higher than what is usual. So instead of 1%, you can go 2%. And then again, you can go hard day one, hard three days out, hard after a certain clause is triggered, or kind of a combination of both. So when you do the non-refundable earnest deposit, you still want to make sure you're including some contingencies. And these are going to be things that are outside of your control. And so if something outside of your control were to happen, then you can get your money back. But if you do something, you decide to cancel the contract, then the money is not refundable. So examples of things that are outside of your control would be a major lien on the title. If something comes up during the survey, if something comes up on one of the environmental reports, that's really not your fault. So you shouldn't lose your money because of that. But if you decide to cancel because you did improper underwriting or you can't qualify for financing, well, then they get to keep that money. So that's number one. Number two would be to shorten the due diligence period to make a more attractive offer. So we've done episodes on due diligence before, so I'm going to assume you know what this means. But usually there's a time frame where you have this many days to perform your due diligence. And then there's a contingency, whereas if you're not going non-refundable, you can back out and get your money back. But after that time frame, you can't back out and get your money back for a due diligence related issue. So usually this is going to be 30 days. It could be longer, but usually it's 30 days. So during that 30 days, the buyer can cancel the contract. So if you offer a shortened due diligence period, then you're shortening the time that you can cancel the contract. So kind of like the non-refundable earnest deposit, this shows the seller that you're more serious about closing on the deal since you're willing to shorten the amount of time you're spending on due diligence. And additionally, you might be able to close a little bit faster if you shorten the due diligence period, which results in the seller getting their capital back sooner. But that might not necessarily be the case all the time. But what is the case is by you shortening it, they're more confident in your ability and your seriousness to close. And it's less likely or you have less time to cancel the contract. So that's number two. The third way would be to sign an access agreement while you're negotiating the contract. So there's usually a period of time, it could be very short, it could be very long, where you are awarded the deal and you actually sign on the contract. And so you submit your LOI, they say, hey, we want to go with you. You negotiate back and forth with the LOI to get a purchase sales agreement. You sign it and then the deal's officially under contract and that's when the time starts. But again, this could take a while. The time from LOI to signing the contract might take a while or the negotiations might fall through and the deal never comes to fruition, which is also a waste of time for the seller. So to respect the seller's time and to show that you're serious about closing, you can sign an access agreement within a certain number of days after you're awarded the deal. And by signing an access agreement, what this does is the seller giving you the buyer permission to inspect the property before this contract is actually signed. Your access is going to be limited compared to what the access is after the PSA is signed, but you can still get a head start on your due diligence. So this not only shows that you're serious about closing, but you can tie this to something else, which would be to stipulate that once this cross-access agreement begins, the due diligence period begins. So in other words, from the time of you being awarded the deal, maybe it's a few days and you end up signing the cross-access agreement, from the time of the cross-access agreement, the due diligence period begins. 
So if it's 30 days, then once you sign that cross-access agreement, 30 days later, the due diligence period has expired. As opposed to waiting until the contract starts, you might be five days, 10 days, 20 days into the PSA when the due diligence period expires. Again, shows that you're a lot more serious about closing on the deal and you have less time to back out of the contract. Number four is kind of similar to number three, which is to use and mark up their purchase sales agreement. So again, there's a time between the LOI and the PSA that is in a sense the time that the seller is not going to have access to their money. The longer the negotiations draw out, the more likely the deal falls apart, but also the longer it takes for them to get their money. Because usually the contract starts and then it's 60 days out and they close. So by offering it to use their PSA and to mark up their PSA, you're reducing that back and forth negotiation, plus you're reducing any potential disqualifiers from legal language. So essentially, instead of you sending them your PSA, you just use theirs. You give it to your lawyer. They use a red pen or red ink um, or red in PDF or some software they're using, and they make changes to the seller's PSA so that the seller can see very quickly what legal changes you made, as opposed to getting a 50-page PSA from you. They have to give it to their lawyer. They have to go through every single thing. They mark it up. There's back and forth negotiation, and then maybe there's some disagreement over legal language that kills the deal. You just use theirs. They can see specifically what changes you've made. And this lowers the chances of the deal being canceled, plus it reduces that LOI to PSA timing. And then number five, and this is something that might not always be a way to win more bidding wars, but it can be very powerful at a certain time of the year or a certain event is occurring, which is to guarantee a closing date by a certain date. So this could be really good for taxes. I'll guarantee to close by December 31st. That would be advantageous to them for taxes, depending on their on their business plan that they had for the property. Maybe they raise capital is better that their investors get their money back. And this year, the next year, maybe there's some tax changes coming up in the next year or at some point in the future, as you wanted to say that we'll close before these new taxes come into effect. In election year, right, you might want to say I guarantee to close before November 3rd, or I guarantee to close by the end of the year, or I guarantee to close by inauguration during an election year. So essentially what this means is that you're guaranteed to close by a certain date, which means no extensions to anything. And it might also mean shortening the time from contract to close. So again, this might be attractive to a seller depending on what's going on in the world. So there you have it. Those are five ways besides paying more money to win more bidding wars to create a more attractive offer to the seller. Number one is offer a hard, non-refundable earnest deposit. Number two is to shorten the due diligence period. Number three is to sign a cross access agreement or an access agreement while negotiating the contract before the contract is signed. Number four is to use and mark up the seller's PSA as opposed to giving them your own PSA credit by your own attorney. And then number five is to guarantee a closing by a certain date. So you follow these five tactics, all of them, one of them, a combination of a few, you're going to maximize the chances that you come out as a winner in a bidding war. Now, one thing to mention is that when you're in a competitive market, something like simply doing a non-refundable earnest deposit might not be enough, right? Because maybe all the offers have a non-refundable earnest deposit. And so the power is in increasing it, making it go hard day one, or maybe only a portion of it going hard day one. It kind of depends on how competitive the market is and how competitive the deal is. 
Same as shortening the due diligence period. Maybe you need to shorten it a lot. Maybe you only need to shorten it by a few days. And then maybe closing by a certain date is completely irrelevant. They don't care, which is why it's important to kind of understand why the seller is selling so you can figure out what's important to them and then which of these to use, right? If it's if they don't want to pay taxes, taxes increasing in three months, well, you can guarantee to close by a certain date. If they want to close as quickly as possible, well, you can shorten the due diligence period and sign an access agreement. If they want to close no matter what, well, then you can do the non-refundable earnest deposit or a combination of those things. So that concludes this syndication school episode. As always, make sure you check out the other episodes we've done as well as those free documents at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.